Yeah, so anyway, what have you boys been up to? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've just been slowly dissipating into the ine- inevitable sadness that this year is going to bring to us as a team for the Dragons. Just with all our signings, because yeah, na- we're going to NRL now. It's time for depression. Hold up. Before we do that, Joss Inglis has just nicked it to Gully. Oh, God. Went from is 64. Two, yeah, Joseph is now two for 16 off three overs. It's not two Samar. Two overs. It's not Samar Joseph. It's the other one. Oh. Not not related. They they made a point. But, yeah, oh, straight to him. This has been a fantastic start for us. It's all right. The saviour is about to walk out there. Right, well, I believe the saviour is about to walk out there. The man, the myth, the legend. We'll find out. Smudgy himself. Is it Steve Smith? And then we'll go into NRL. It is. Let's go. All right. Mr. So Autism himself. Big, big performance today. <laughs> Expecting big things. But 150 not out. Now, Let's go. <laughs> now we go on to the real sad part of this. And it's oh. to understand our viewpoints, predictions, and thoughts for the 2024 season coming up for NRL. Uh, Andy. I feel really bad for both of you. I actually feel sorry for the Dragons because it's not been a good off-season for you guys. Nepotism really has started to rain its real uh, ugly little head where we have now put Flano himself, Carl Flanagan, He's your six. as our f- six. Look, as much as I want to ring the nepotism bell as hardly as you two gentlemen do... It'd be a lot harder to ring the nepotism bell if he wasn't the only fucking fit half we managed to sign. No, you've got Jesse Mart- Marshke as well from the North Sydney Bears who has never sniffed a thing of first grade. It was Ben Marshke I was thinking about. He sniffed first grade. And what about all the deals that we've had that's just been falling through? So we had Volkman who came over with apparently just seven bones in his shoulder removed so he just doesn't have an arm anymore. Shout out to the Warriors for bringing him <laughs> back to New Zealand, though, and paying for the surgeries after they fucked him. Yes, we'll give credit I'll to I'll give the credit to him for that. They went, yeah, look, we kind of sent you a really broken dude, but we're going to help fix him, and speaking then we're going to keep him. Speaking of fucked New Zealanders that have also disappointed the Dragons, after our five million failed deal for, um, oh, what's his name again? Joey Manu. Manu? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He yeah we went it. after Manu. And that was never going to happen, let's be real. Yeah. It just shows that, once again, even though we might be able to go for high you know, high offers, no one wants to play for the Dragons. Manu fell through. Amon has been stood down. He's been deregistered. Yep. Completely so gone. He doesn't exist. Yep. Uh, he's released Sullivan, who is also injured. He's not even going to be playing for the Tigers at this first round one now. Any uh, word on... Cody Ramsey? Uh, yeah, he's out for the year. Yeah, I, I think you guys need to put a pen through him, give him a media job, because two years out with that illness, and from everything I've read, there's probably no coming back at this point. They, they did say that the likely opportunity of him coming back was very, very low to begin with. And it is, it is such, a, it's such a brutal condition, his diagnosis, because it's a form of ulcerative colitis. Yeah, doesn't Which he have like a bag into his gut? No, so not yet. Get the surgery instead. That's something, that's normally what they do for people, which is this the section of your intestine which becomes too damaged. Because yep. again, ulcers form, which forms scarring. So we're talking a part of your, either lower or upper intestine gets damaged to the point where it's a, it's a poison to the body. Normally they snip that out, but any shortening to our gastrointestinal tract changes how we absorb and do food, mm. which essentially means it can't fully prepare bowel motions the way you normally want them. So you stick back on there, which helps evacuate it instead. You can't play contact sport with that. So they were doing everything they can to, to avoid, avoid that. Yeah, putting in the stoma. And then we just say colostomy bag if it's attached to the colon. It could be any form of bag. They normally have much funner and more creative name. Like a, a jujostomy bag is another one. It just depends on where you attach it to the intestine. As much as I am crazy, I also used to do medical science. So <laughs> I can jump in a little bit. But yeah, to back up your point, Andy, it's probably time. Well, he's still on your cap. So that's dead cap as far as it's concerned. Like, it, you've also 
signed Corey Allen from the Chooks, and in his first contact session, he's torn his ACL. We are going to be the wooden spooners this year. I just want to say it. I didn't put up. that on the on our uh, predictions. What? That we'll be wooden spooners. I did. I Of course I didn't. Who's going to be the wooden spoon then, Jack? Tigers. Because oh. somehow they will be. I oh. just have a feeling. Dragons are in a really, really bad shape. As much as I want to have fun and joke around, like, it's it's put a line through this year. 2024 is just kind of a, it's going to be the worst of the worst. Leave it where it is. And as long as we can scrape through on the Anzac Day, I don't care. If there's only one thing that the Dragons really can do at this point, and I think it's a full reset, because Ben Hunt ain't drawing anyone to the, the team. Ben Hunt's leaving your team at the end of the year, let's be real. Yeah. Wish he left end of last year and we kept Sullivan, but anyway. Um, you should have kept Sullivan to begin with. Amon was never going to get... Not, not be deregistered, you know what I mean? They're just like, no, nah, just get rid of him. We don't need Sullivan. He's not going to be the future or an up and start. You just need to do what the Tigers did. You just really need to do what the Tigers did. Well, that com- depends because that's hard for me to listen to whatever you're about to say next because if it anyhow leads to what the Tigers are doing now, I'd rather not. I'm talking about a full clean you out of the board. You have way less faith than what you probably should be putting into the Tigers, I think, because... We're going to get wooden spoon no matter what in this situation. So it doesn't matter. A clean out is going to always be an improvement to us. Yeah, but a clean out from the top like the Tigers have done because the Tigers sacked their CEO, sacked their entire board, sacked Tim Shanes. They've put Benji in charge, have a whole new board. That They've rooted out what the cancer was at the Tigers since 2012. Dragons need to also root out the cancer that has been at the Dragons since Wayne Bennett left. Speaking of inbuilt cancer, how's Roosters gone? Pretty good. Let's be real. The only the only issue we have is we got one trial the day after the All Stars game, so all we're not even going to get a full play with all our team before the Vegas game. Vegas is happening this year too. I forgot about that. Except it's real up in the air at the moment because lo and behold, it's not getting much traction. Twenty one thousand oh. seats in a sixty thousand seat stadium. I actually know people oh, going. Oh, boys, that's kind of like, could you possibly imagine taking a very popular sport to possibly the most sport-saturated nation? Who do not care about any sport if it does not actively just be only their teams. Yep. Putting it at the worst possible time for the section of the world that actually watches your sport. Mm-hmm. And then wonder why no one goes to it. 16,000 seats are Australians flying in. 21,000 have been sold in America. No one gives a shit. They have been advertising it on NFL, NBA, WWE, NHL. Anything that they have access to, They have. It, there's been a pop-up on it. Do you know how to start getting a sport popular in the US when it's seen as a European or non-US style sport? Make them believe they came up with it. Either that, or you just need a really, really good Netflix docu-series that comes along with it. Formula One, for how long, Andy, has been trying to break through into the American market? Oh, for a while, but they fucked that over the offseason. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that specifically later, but I'm just using this as a vehicle for an example of (laughs) F1 is now very, very popular in the US, correct? I mean, to an extent. Yes, we've got three races there now. Did it happen? No, no, we have... One race there and two boring-ass street circuits. Valid, Get it right. But there's three on the continent. I don't care anymore. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes working with you is like walking uphill. Do you know <laughs> that with an analogy? Sometimes yours, your form of improv is no. <laughs> not no but. Not yes and. Yours is just no. Find a different story. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> they made Drive to Survive, did they not, Josh? Yes. Yes, they did, Andy. They see, they did. <laughs> I never disagreed. And <laughs> <laughs> never and disagreed with that. Yes, and man, you sound like my girlfriend after <laughs> we have. <laughs> it's now Jack is passionate about anything in his life. No, right? Really, we triggered the autism. <laughs> really popular. <laughs> oh, he's got All like a, I'm saying, there's like a vein in his forehead that's just throbbing at the moment. Jack, calm down. It's okay. It's okay, buddy. Oh, look how red he is. He's like a tomato. <laughs> If there was just a series on Netflix 
called National Rugby Dream, I feel like the US would watch it. There's just one problem with that. And I'm sorry that. I had to yell at you to make my joke of <laughs> National Rugby Dream. It was terrible. But I feel like we're all much better off because of it. <laughs> Tell me, what's the, what's the plot of this story? Huh? Oh, it, that, that it, doesn't it, matter, man. I, I've, I've got it. We follow one... One. It's, it's about one man, one hammer, and one annoying tradesman. That's what the show's about. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we follow Latrell Mitchell around while he walks in the back line for South Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to the camera while he's meant to be playing footy. <laughs> and then for the B-roll, it's it's Gus and, and Blocker just trying to fit into progressively smaller and smaller commentary boxes. Speaking of which, do, does Blocker actually do they actually go to the games for most of them? Because I've been in the commentary box at Leichhardt Oval. I'm sorry, Blocker, but I don't know how you fit in there, man. <laughs> it's very tiny. <laughs> I and I say that with all the love in the world because there's no one better than Blocker. <laughs> there, there's no one better than it. no. Unfortunately, not. I feel like most commentary just happens now. Like they just have a studio they all hang out with, probably in Sydney somewhere. And then they just watch the game alongside us. That's probably how it gets done. And they probably just send one dickhead to each game. Yeah, Jake so Duke. He's always there. Dude, all they have to do is disassemble him, pack him down to a box and ship him off to the next stadium to be reassembled. It's it, very, it's very cost economic. Honestly, if it turned out that the first Neuralink human being was Jake Duke from the NRL, it wouldn't shock me. He's like, yeah, duh, obviously. He's been yeah. an android for 15 years. He's <laughs> just fucking always there. Always there. Always commenting like it's a lovely afternoon for footy. Dude, it's I've seen torrential rain and Jake Duke's like, it's a great pitch for football. It's like, you, did, are you there, bro? Like, did they not turn your eyes on for the evening? It's horrible. You're in a raincoat. You can barely see anything on the field because it's so heavy. Is that a four? Because that should have been a four. His foot was on the line as the ball, he touched the ball. Here we go. Slow-mo replay. I like this. Watch. Over the line. Oh. Well, it touched the yeah, road. It's, it's a four. It's touched the road. That's four. It's popped <laughs> up into his hand. Fantastic. But Who even is playing in Vegas, actually? Rabbits. Rabbits are playing Manly? Broncos and Roosters are playing Manly. Or is it the other way around? We're playing the Broncos and Rabbits and Manly. I think it's Rabbits Manly. Either way, it's going to be a shit show. Oh, I know yeah. someone who's going. He's got box seats. Oh, wow. Because... Well, the annoying thing is too, like NRL is a fantastic code of footy. It's fantastic. Yeah, and anytime an American watches it, like, oh, that's that's intense. They don't wear pads. No, no, they don't wear body armor, but all of them are also covered in tape and foam. So some <laughs> of the, like, you see some of the front rows without their shirt on, and they've just taped body armor essentially to mm-hmm. themselves. You're like, well, technically, no, it's all strapping. But yes, some of the players are pretty wrapped up around some of the joints where, like, it is. Is it normally, I want to say it's like Ring Campbell Gillard probably adds about two inches of depth to his chest. Hargraves always has like this thick ass thing on his forearm that he leads with. <laughs> so Does he, he have that a hole in his chest or something like that? That's where he's got to do it. Because apparently it's like if you get hit there while you have that hole, it just can kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe. It wouldn't surprise me, actually. Um, Also, I just there's this article that's come out like an hour, uh, a couple of hours ago. Interesting. Uh, about Pengai Jr. Oh, yeah, I know. I read that. Also, yeah. the tell-all? Yeah, no, not the, well, the one where he got seen at Broncos. Oh, no, that's been around for a few weeks. He's been oh. at Broncos training for the last few weeks. He did, a, he did an article with the Daily Telegraph the other day, the tell-all about the exit and why he went to boxing. Oh, I hadn't seen that. I haven't been able to read it because, you know, Daily Telegraph is behind a paywall. Unfortunately, yeah. And they all the Reddit threads have not posted. They haven't done the nice thing and posted the article. Normally, the one dude with the subscription will just... Post the article for you. Allegedly, that's what happens in certain areas online. We wouldn't want the little, he said, you can read news without paying for it. But yeah, just go find a different website where they host them without the paywall. But yeah, apparently fallout between him and some of the upper management at the dogs. Would that shock anybody? Like the dude barely played a game, clearly wasn't in decent form, and all he wanted to do was punch people in the head. Like... And he hasn't had many boxing offers, from what I've heard. Yeah, no one's posted the article in the Reddit thread. It's on the... Oh, oh actually, here it is. They've, someone's done it. Let's go! 
So he has a relationship with Kevin Walters, and he loves Brisbane, and he's happy to be back there. He's not a money-hungry dickhead, and he blasted claims that Phil Gould authorized his payout to leave Belmore to take up boxing. He has no regrets. He never ripped anyone off at the dogs, and I'm not driven by money. Bullshit. Allegedly. Allegedly. He blames his boxing trainer for the Broncos speculation. His daughter wanted to meet Reese Walsh and Payne Haas, so he said he'd take them to training to meet a few of the lads. And that's about the most interesting thing I've read. Oh, apparently the Wallabies offered him money too to go. Oh, wow. And then it was Eddie Jones, but, I mean, Eddie Jones coaches Japan now. Like, I don't know. It, it's it's showing that there there's a lot of controversy surrounding him, especially at the moment. And I don't know. Do you reckon it's going to be one of those things where the NRL might try and use this instead as a, like to capitalize on his infamy, kind of get more people interested as a talking point, and then really springboard him, even though he's had a tumultuous career at best and has been known to be allegedly pretty toxic. Will they try and just make use of what they can get out of this? Because, I mean, any angle's an angle at this point. I reckon what happens is, is when's the deadline? They, You know that signing deadline where if you sign before this, I think it's like in August, there's a signing deadline. And if you sign before that, you can play for the club that year. Yeah. I reckon just before that deadline, he signs with the Broncos for fucking unders. And then he signs for like a multi-million dollar contract next year because he's given boxing a go in quotation marks and has failed, not, not gotten a fight. I reckon that's what it'll be. So he's he's turning up at Broncos training to stay fit and be ready for a footy comeback at around August to push the Broncos for the finals. It's I I do feel a bit of sympathy for Tavita Pangai Jr. and all of this. Simply because when you're a front rower, your career options are, are quite limited. You're either a front rower and if they say you can't do that, they say you should go be a thug and just do boxing. <laughs> now, Tavita Pango Jr. is a very talented man because he's somehow doing both in, in the perfect way. Dude's a bit of a grub on the field, a little bit of a grub off the field. A boxing dream. Men mm. can't do either. <laughs> like, well, I, I, I do feel a little bit bad for him because imagine being told your whole career as a football player... Oh, you're a big dumb idiot. Go be boxing, and then going and do boxing, which Paul Gallen is very successful at. Paul Gallen, and then you're told you just don't have what it takes. He's just not median. You're just like, what is he missing in? Because by appearances, dude is built for these jobs. Maybe he's like, it's probably just about an inch thick thickness in his skull. Is the issue. Like, he just needs it to be a bit more armor-plated where he can absorb more hits like Gallon's got. He, since he's got no meaty, dumb brain, it's just, it rattles around up there. It does too much damage, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah weirdly enough, it's like, sorry, you're built for it, but your brain's just, you're too smart, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I guess, really, what's the, there's only one thing left for him to do, which is to be a, a TikTok tradie. <laughs> Oh, so he's going to start... <laughs> is that what he's doing? He'll be just dancing like while he puts up scaffolding is like really his only career option left at this point. And honestly... He'll be back in the NRL. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, right? You're crazy. Like what? Dragons? Broncos. No, it'll be the Broncos. It, it, there's only he's one club. training with them. He's, oh, right. he's living in Brisbane. He's training with them. Like, it'll be Brisbane if he goes anywhere. Like I said, come, come the deadline for new signings, he will sign for unders. And next year have like a multi-million dollar contract for like three years. And also that's terrible. Imagine being on the opposition when you're looking at Carrigan. Payne Haas. Payne Haas, Tavita Pangai Jr., Ruben Codner, he's at... Um, oh, he's the Cowboy. Cowboys. But, you know, looking at that front line, just being like, well, fuck me, man. I'm going to get trodden on quite a bit today. <laughs> like, and, and there's he, no other option you have. They're going to run over you. And think about what it'll do for Reese Walsh and uh, who shit the bed. I'm still mad about that. The Broncos shit in the bed last year. Only you, time I ever support the fuckers. Do you think they're they're gonna recapitalize this year? Maybe use it as a hunger to come back and show a little bit throughout the season, or is it kind of faltering of maybe 
there might be cracks in what what is Kevin Walters' system going up there. Oh, I think he needs to lose on to win one. I know Parra didn't prove that, but Brisbane Heat did. Dragons yeah. proved that back in 2010, 2011. Yep. I'm going to say they're going to come back stronger simply because, you know, like, Walters himself is like a piece of Suncourt furniture at this point. And, you know, Queensland teams do really, really, really work well on that, like, cult-like mentality of, like, no, this is Suncourt. This is our home. Like, that. watching the Broncos build last year, coming up against oh, the Oh, Northern no! Broncos. Oh, sweet fucking Jesus. Um... Smith just got out, for anyone who's wondering. Four, five. He's fucking knocked it back onto his own stumps, the dickhead. Oh, three for 50 is not good. The only one doing anything is fucking Cameron Green. (laughs) (laughs) I believe at the start of this. Oh, I said for test test matches. Yeah, very true, very true for (laughs) test matches. I said for test matches. By nature of your argument, shouldn't be helping today. (laughs) But once again, Andy has put his foot entirely in his mouth. He has not just stopped halfway. He's decided, no, if I'm going to do this, it has to be the full Monty. I was going to say, as a man very in tune with his fetishes, all ten toes are now touching the back of his tonsils. Lovely. I'm quite frankly surprised. Let's hope, it, let's hope both my feet go in my mouth and minus hits 100. Well, I was going to say, Kim Green comes out and smokes 120. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron Green's currently out. He's, he's on 22. That's what I mean. He's going to go 120. 120. You reckon he's getting another 100 and something runs? Yeah. Just yeah, I'll take you. it. He heard you talking shit on a, this pre-recording and decided, you know what? Fuck that guy. Man, I've talked shit to his face. And you know what? After he looked, turned away from me, he said, man, fuck, fuck that, that guy, guy again. I tried to talk shit to Manly Seagull's football social media account's face over the summer break. Why would you do that? How does it... How does it Eagle have a face. Well, I don't know if you boys remember when Manly announced that they've come up with a new set of images to represent themselves as a club. Is this the new logo? Is it the new logo? You remember the new logo? I remember what I did to the new logo. Andy and I saw that Manly had a new logo out and we decided to put our shit-stirring hats on and just let them, I don't know, reminisce, Andy? I'd say reminisce, yeah. Reminisce on... Decisions made in the past, let's say. So Andy very creatively recolored Manly's new logo and design brochure into a lovely color of rainbow, and we... Still posted on our Instagram, by the way, Bombs on the Bench. Yep, yep. it's still there. It's fucking fantastic. We sent that. Did we? To Manly. I did. DM'd it to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> off personal. I didn't do it off the business page. Thank I did, fuck. I did link the fact that we would, we would discuss this online. And I sent it to direct message to Manly, and I went, oh, here. Fixed your logo for you. We fixed it for you. I think this represents the club better, and it was a screaming rainbow one. I, um, yeah, and then they blocked me. (laughs) 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 And I was like, damn. Which, honestly. I'm surprised more of that didn't happen, though. Well. When Manly announced it, I just thought it'd be everywhere. Everyone posting a fucking rainbow Manly logo. Well, they they blocked me, which is their own prerogative. They're very much allowed to do it, which is why I tipped them for wooden spooners this year. Fair they enough. Do they deserve it? They blocked me. Did you hear? Me? Actually, did you hear about the trial that was played last week up in Narrabeam? No. No, not at all. The Manly Seagulls team, coached by Anthony Seabold, took on a full-strength St. George Illawarra Dragons team, coached by Shane Flanagan. And then Shane Flanagan turned around and said, yeah, if Tommy Turbo fires, they'll win the comp. Because you've got absolutely destroyed. Beating us isn't a marker it's for like, anything. I know. That it's like kicking count. the disabled kid down that the stairs. Count. Like, yeah, of course you beat the full-strength dragon side. Do you know who else who can beat a full-strength dragon side? The, the full-strength dragon side. We're never at our worst when we've got a full squad. I'm pretty sure the Helensburg under-16 boys could beat the full-strength dragon side. Yeah, probably. Oh, man, the fucking Berkeley Eagles, under-12s, <laughs> could probably beat you. Bro, the biggest controversy of the year coming up with football is how many games we're actually going to be able to field a team for at this rate. How many How many games genuinely do you think the Dragons can win this year? Two. Two? Four. I don't think he's win a single game. You think we're going the complete... There's um, no fucking way has the it Titans are beating us twice now. <laughs> no, no, because I don't know, man. Every time we play the, play the Titans, 
and I love Sloan. I do. But there is something about the Titans and Sloan that makes that kid just lose his mind like no other team does because we've watched games where there's no way the Titans could beat us. And the Titans beat us. And then Sloaney, Sloaney boy goes, uh, observe. And which is always unfortunate because I hate saying anything negative about the kid. I love him. But I have two very distinct memories. The In the rain against the Titans last year when we were winning all game. Yeah. Yeah. And? And another one. Very similar probably. I don't know. There's only one memory I have of Sloan and I hate it. That was it. Was it at Shark Park or was it Net Strata? It was when the final play of the game, when the Chooks were up 16 something. Yeah. And he just puts on a random kick out of nowhere and somehow finds Ravalawa. It was, that was beautiful. And that's what I mean. When he can, he can sometimes do those things, but never against the Titans. So the Titans can beat us twice next year. Tigers always seem to have our number two, even no matter how poor they're doing. Tigers are always a competitive game at Winston. I reckon the Tigers are going to be more competitive this year. Still not getting the aim. Finally! I'm justified! Thank you! Someone has finally agreed. Next year, though. (laughs) No, 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 no. I said this year they're going to be more competitive, but next year is when everything turns on its table because big news out of Penrith, Jerome Luai has signed a five-year deal with the Tigers. It's confirmed. It's been confirmed. It's been 100%. As of 2025. Yeah, he signs as of next year. This is his final year in the black strip of Penrith. So, like, does the rest of his team have, like, a bit of animosity towards him about this? Because I remember, like, when we had discussed he had appeared at that training or didn't go to that training session Mm. and it seemed a bit tumultuous between him and the club at the time. I haven't seen anything more since they announced the deal. I I wouldn't be surprised, especially because the deal has always been grumbled upon. The, 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 The big thing for me was Penrith... Uh, took away th- so there's a new rule this year where you've got twelve da- a twelve day backflip period. Yep. Penrith reneged on it like now we're not we're not even going to try and activate it. Like they they just took that away so Luai was free to sign almost immediately. Poor Appy Coruscant just can't get away from this kid, can he? I mean, Appy might be happy he's coming back. Yeah, he gets a little bit more talent than he's aware with and start making plays, especially if you come back. What's he coming back as? He'll be playing six. Yeah, so then you have him out on your left and you can just start doing plays out towards the backs with him. It'd be beautiful. Because if you think about it, Jerome at six and literally anyone at seven. Like, probably Sullivan. I, I think Sullivan Luai and Sullivan would be actually a pretty all right combination once they started understanding each other a bit. With Buller at the back and Appy at nine, like the Tigers will actually look semi decent. Also, David Nofaluma's fallout from the Tigers. He what um, ended up happening there? So they released him. Okay. So he had two years left on his contract and they tore it up because they were just done with his shit. Which is fair enough. I'd be done with the Tigers' shit too if I was Nofaluma. So is anyone going to go for an easy, cheap pickup with him to have as an interchange? Or is he just... No, so I don't know if you remember last year he got loaned to the Storm. Yep. And one of the big things that came out of the Storm was Bellamy hated him. Oh. Bellamy thought he had a real big attitude on him. So his only chance of continuing his career is probably to fuck off over to seas now. Nah, we'll throw some money his way, I'm sure. Well, you guys have just signed... Fatali Marana from the... From the Doggies. Yes. Which is a good get. He was the club captain up until his release. Yeah. And Fatali Marana, because if I remember correctly, he's the one with like the the blonde streak, kind of longish hair. I don't know. I haven't seen him in first grade for over a year. I think... Yeah, because you didn't watch any Doggies games last year. No, he didn't get picked because him and Gus had a falling out. He played start of last year, couple. He's He's decent front rower and he's not old. He's Yet. not. Yet. Does his age begin with a two? Maybe. Uh, yes, it does. Oh, my God. We've done it. We've done actually, it. It's the under 35 signing. The first one under Flano. Oh, I mean, I actually know Flanagan as well. Signed the sun. That doesn't count. <laughs> he knew yeah, that it was, was the package deal. It, it had to be. It was always happening. I it's called it. I fucking called it when you signed Flano, and then I still remember that fucking episode where I called when it was announced, Josh was so mad. <laughs> yeah. I'm still mad about it. He's not a good footy player. I mean, he got cut from the Roosters for a reason. This is the top point scorer that year in the NRL, and he still got cut. Yeah, which is one well, goes to show just how much kicking he was putting in. <laughs> like, there's a lot of kicking. Maybe he might be able to actually kick something for us rather than Lomax just getting another 
Look, man, once that flick pass connects, it's over for y'all. That's all I'm saying. Once that flick pass connects, we figure out that outside edge that's been there for fucking five years, hasn't changed once. We figure that out, it's over for y'all. I wanted to kind of move our direction forward, gentlemen. I know we've just been talking about the NRL, but there's a big, big world. There is a big world. What are you excited for? What are you looking for in sport this year? Well, I, I'd love to say that I was looking forward to the Super Bowl next week, but I'm really not because of what happened in the championship games. Oh, yes, the government interference in sport. Go on. Not the government interference. <laughs> no, I, no, you don't understand. This is a plot by Joe Biden to put Taylor Swift into the NFL to get them to vote. <laughs> Sorry, I hated that. You know you can bet on whether Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor after the game. I would bet yes. I'm going to bet no. I couldn't give a rat's ass. I want to watch the Lions play the fucking Ravens. What's their um? <laughs> Sucked it. I mean, look. I really I, watching it. I was all for Lions v Ravens because Ravens deserve to be there. The Ravens have had a fantastic year, and the, the Lions, Lions have come from nowhere. Have never had a fantastic year, therefore they do also deserve to be there. And also Eminem. Before the first game was like, hey, Safford, I was there for you. I rapped for you. Can you just give us this one, please? And what did Safford do? Threw a duck egg and fucking gave it to him. <laughs> but no, seriously, the last time the 49ers played the fucking Chiefs in the Super Bowl was the same year as the 2020 election. Yep. I don't like this because the Kansas City Chiefs won that year and then Joe Biden won. I'm telling you, and it's going to be Trump v. Biden two years, another one ago. I would. America I, wanted anything other than Chiefs v. Uh, fucking 49ers. They're the two most hated teams. Yes, but you know what? If we can get the same outcome across the board, no, it, it is worth it in the long run. I'd mu- Out of the two teams, I'd rather see the 49ers win, and I'm saying that as a Seahawks fan because Brock Purdy's better than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I'm basing all mine on the, the if the same thing happens again. Then Biden will win. But yes. Biden will win right if he's going up against Trump. I right, hope so, right? Big fingers crossed. No, I think I think he will. I do. We can actually talk about him because I um the defamation case just finished. Which one? The one where Trump's paying $83 million? Yes. Now, how much do you know about this? Nothing. Nothing. Josh, are you familiar with this $83 million power case? Okay, so it's really, really interesting. The obligatories of, I'm not a lawyer. I've just watched some lawyers talk about this, and now I'm going to do my best to convey it back to you, where essentially the reason this one is so fascinating is the leading counsel for Donald Trump, uh, Alicia Barber, is not a tri- trial lawyer. And what I've learned about that is there are you can be a lawyer your whole career and never actually have to go to court and do the the court thing. The court thing. Apparently that's only reserved for a very small part of the legal world. There's some lawyers out there who are like, yeah, no, I've I've spoken to a judge once. <laughs> so this lady, not a trial lawyer whatsoever. I mean it shows. Shows. Also, this case wasn't deciding whether he the defamation had occurred and the alleged assaults had occurred. That had all been decided as legal fact in a case prior to this. So this was a defamation case, not that we see in Australia where it's looking up whether one defamation did occur and two, what can um it's called um sort of compensatory damages are attached to that. So yes, you have been defamed, therefore you're as compensation this. you're at this. This was a defamation case where the defamation had already been decided on and the compensatory fine had already been laid out, which was the original $5 million earlier last year. Oh, my God. This was what was a, this was a defamation case solely deciding punitive effectual damage on the nature of the case, which means you have defamed the person, you have continued to defame the person, and your compensation was seen as ineffective, this amount of money we're giving to you isn't compensation for the person. It's punitive damages to make sure you don't do it again, which is why we saw it go from $5 million to plus 80 because it wasn't based on what you did to her. 
It's based on the fact that you kept doing it, therefore we need to stop you and we can't put you behind bars. Yeah. So we're just going to craze up the money. Also, it's one of the only defamation cases where the jury was made anonymous. So they gave their remarks and their findings under number, not name, Mm -hmm. which never happens in defamation. Like (laughs) most people we saw with the Depp and Heard one, you knew every juror who was on that case. (laughs) Yeah, these ones, all anonymous, $83 million of punitive damage based on a defamation case that had already been settled because he wouldn't stop talking about it. Who was it against? That's how little I know about it. It was against a lady called E. Jean Carroll, who... I guess. What did he say? Was she shit or something? Well, no, not quite. So she came forward and said that this person sexually assaulted and harassed me. That was a criminal case which was also found to be correct. Mm -hmm. So that judgment was found to be correct. He then would go on national TV and say that she didn't. So that was the original defamation, is that he's saying it didn't happen and that's causing me reputation damage because... You know, the law has said it did occur mm. and it was settled. Hence the first defamation case of $5 million. You are defaming me by saying what is legally correct and found in a court of law is not correct. And then the, the second one, which is this one, which is you have been found accountable for two cases, one of defamation, one of the actual crimes of assault occurring, and you're now using your platform to say that they are not true. Hence, this very unique form of case where they couldn't testify about what was being said because legally, everything he has said about this matter has been found to be incorrect or to be correct and true. So, in his defense, sitting there, the test, they couldn't allow him to testify because anything that he said that wasn't, I legally agree with the prior findings of this court had already been settled facts. So the, the case was simply, how much money do we need to take away from this motherfucker until he <laughs> listens? TM the court case because you're being charged and discussing about things you have legally signed under oath that is correct and true. Fascinating. So I just watched Legal Legal on YouTube. If you haven't he's seen great. it, he's fantastic. And there was a big breakdown of that where he's like, yeah, so that's why it was really strange. And then also for me, it's just the silliness of it. Here's things that popped up in the middle of the trial that you don't normally see in the high courts of Western nations. One, the lawyer wasn't allowed to submit certain evidence because uh turns out you can't just randomly bring out evidence from your handbag and ask the witnesses to look at it. So that happened more than once. <laughs> it was, well, I would like the defendant to read this report and the judge went, "No." is that report from evidence? And they went, no, your honor, it's not. And he went, then put it back in your bag. <laughs> they asked for an extension because COVID was affecting the chief counsel, which then that afternoon was the primary dinner in New Hampshire where the lawyer was found in the photographs of that young right-wing influencer. That right-wing influencer was then kicked out of the party because he spilt the big lie that the lawyer was supposed to be home with COVID who was out partying in New Hampshire. So that happened in the middle of it which case everybody was recalled back to the trial. Trump wasn't there for one of the days where his special counsel stood up and informed them that under no circumstances would Trump be testifying as that would be a waste of time as the judge turned the news on the TV of Trump in Florida saying he was heading back this afternoon to testify and the judge asked, the lawyer said, you should probably go and speak to your your client. Because as you can see here on the news, he's flying back here now to testify. These are all little things that happened in the one court case that was already decided before the trial began. Sweet fucking Jesus. And this is the man that may run the United States again. Yes. But John Stewart's back, which is good news. I heard about that. He's done like one day a week or something. Just doing the political stuff on Monday, Arvos, yeah. (laughs) He's like, well, I'm I will watch the shit out of that because he's so good, that bloke. Oh, I don't know. There's a reason he got taken off the air, though. Like, it started becoming a political hack and then all the stuff being said was just like, you're regurgitating political facts as entertainment but really not conveying a message other than the fact that 
Aha, uh-huh, my opponent's bad. It, I think what ended up happening was you had a man with an incredible amount of political integrity be the voice of a private corporation that was earning all its income by being like a political infotainment yep. device. So yeah. like the organisation behind John flew too close to the sun where it did become a little bit of a meme of itself for the sake of entertainment. But when you look at the diminishing hosts they had to come in and fill over the spots as well. It's just they lost all sort of viewpoint where they could actually have political discourse where instead it just became a muddy beige centre line again that didn't want to offend anyone because they knew they'd get their funding pulled. There's so many... There's... Especially when it comes to, like, big media, right? Because we are, whether we like it or not, sitting, especially as Australians, which is, like, we are beholden to the whims of the US, especially the media. So that US culture war, we, we're beginning to feel some of that here. And, like, mm. whether you like the term or not, it's just a very convenient way to name what we're John all talking about. John lookalikes. Yeah, Mario! There's like actually eight of them sitting there, too. They didn't think to get separate... Separate fucking uniforms. Like there's Mario, Luigi. They're just all no, Mario. There's all Mario. It's just all Mario. It's and so then it cuts to the other side of the field. There's nine Luigi's <laughs> sitting on the other side of the different grandstand. Sorry to cut you off, but it was just yeah. No, no, it is valid. Well, speaking of which, Mario. There's yeah. a Luigi. There's <laughs> one who's with a Pikachu. <laughs> I told you he'd be sitting across from the other side. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all like, we're all kind of stuck in this, right? Where it's like we had our Australia Day thing where most of the nation was just like, yeah, we're not getting involved. That sounds ridiculous. But like our politicians are trying some of that shit too. Mainly one. It's not going too well for Dutton, but he's giving it a red hot fucking crack. What you mean talking about how all oh, these stage three tax cuts, they were meant to be for the rich. And he's backing in the fact that people are stupid and watch right wing media only. Yeah, well, they do. I know. Carl seemed really annoyed about it on the, the morning show. Didn't let Shorten talk one thing. And all Shorten was like, I'm going to bank on 10 million Australians getting a tax cut, uh, get it winning us an election more than Baldy over here. Yeah, probably. Because uh, they weren't. They were nice. <laughs> it's nice when we don't turn the TV on and have headlines about it. That's how you know it's been a good week in Parliament. When it's just like, oh, I'm not sure what happened. Good. They're doing their job. <laughs> it's always really annoying when you turn it on. It's like, oh, they've done this wrong again. Have you seen this year? Oh, here we go. I think some of our best and like a lot of Australian Parliament is recorded. You can just go online and watch Parliament in action. It's brilliant. Some of my particular highlights are from the early 2000s where there was the reminder from the Speaker that you will refer to members of this house by their correct name after one of them went, ha ha, you're such a on mic to the other one. <laughs> so that was one of my best particular... And I honestly think it was said to a young Dutton when he first started in politics. Because there's a bald dude with glasses who looks like he's just had his face smacked up in the clip. And I think someone called him the C-bomb. You had... Oh, the elbow with the sit-down buffhead. Sit-down buffhead. Um, <laughs> you've had the snowball, which was if global warming's real, why isn't this melting? In the middle of the floor. The coal. The coal, which was also fantastic. Shout out to the worst Prime Minister ever step, stepping down, too. What Scott, happened? Scott Morrison is left leaving politics. He's retiring from politics. Oh, why? I don't care. <laughs> He's now working in defense. That's He's right. He's a defense lobbyist now. Oh, really? Yeah. Who could have guessed that one? I've hey? got to give it to the ABC. So, like... Love them or hate them, every now and then the ABC hits the nail on the head, which is that little political skit they do where it's you've got the, the Defence Force ministers sitting in a room with clearly bureaucrats and the Defence Force is essentially going, hey, we need an extra $500 billion so we can defend ourselves from the biggest threat. And they go, oh, who's the biggest threat? And they're like, oh, it's a, it's a Near East partner. And they go, okay, you don't you don't want to say it? They're like, no, 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 we don't we don't want to. And he's like, how about I list some countries and you just nod and he's like, Turkey's no. They get to China and they're like, it's China, we need to defend against China. He's like, okay, no worries. And then it says here that another justification is so it can protect our trade routes with our biggest trading partner. 
Now, who's our biggest trading partner? And they go, oh, it's a Near East asset. And they go, is it China? And they're like, oh, well, we wouldn't. He goes, it's China, isn't it? So it's like, we need $500 billion to defend against China from against defending China. our trade routes with China against China, just so we can all get that clear, right? That's what we're doing. And in the room, it's like, well, well, yes. It's like, okay. And then it cuts to the press conference announcing it. Where it's like, yeah, look, the world's getting a little bit hotter at the moment. Both like literally and like politically. We've some things are kicking off. But like it really like we really need to be that concerned. And also I want to make this very clear. And I've thought about this quite a bit because you know, my biological clock's ticking. I'm nearly thirty, which means I have a urge, the male desire to be shot at in the desert somewhere. <laughs> On this Tiniest point. violin for you, mate, because I'm 31. Yep. Well, Andy, your clock's ticking too, man. We need to be involved in someone else's war, in someone else's country, for people who are far richer than us. That's our biological clock. I need to have my vested interest be only to align the fact that I want to defend oil companies. It's just, how are you creating shareholder value today? That's not what your country can do for you, but how you can create shareholder value for your company. But... If Australia is invaded, and something we have to entertain, I'm going to make it very clear. I will defend to fight my country, but not Queensland. I wondered where this was going. And uh, that's the point I wanted to make. Here's the point. But not fucking Queensland. If we get invaded, I will be at the border. (laughs) And I will keep anybody from getting into New South Wales. Anybody. But if you think... I'm, I'm dying in fucking Queensland. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good, bro. You're wrong. Top of Western Australia is Queensland. Northern Territory is just West Queensland, as far as I'm fucking concerned. So Tweed <laughs> Heads is the hill I am preparing to die on. So Tweed Heads North fucking, but Tweed Heads Tweed Heads through. is... <laughs> you can... They're like, we're sending you for jungle warfare training. Yep, better be fucking Byron Bay. <laughs> okay? It better be... On a beach, I will be a marine as long as I don't have to leave Bondi, <laughs> the nice bit, where it's fucking great. But if I have to die in Mount Isa, I'm going to be so fucking pissed off, <laughs> okay? So tomorrow when the war began, quite frankly, how much have you tried to base your life around it? I've read the first book and then I awkwardly have to had to watch the first movie. And we got towed up by, I think it was fucking Korea, maybe. So that was bullshit. I'm deadly serious. The terrorists can stay where the cane toads stay. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's where all the uranium is. That's what you want. Fucking have it. Well, at least we'll win some fucking sports. <laughs> <laughs> this is all over an origin shield. It- Fuck <laughs> Yeah, show him your trophy, Wayne Bennett. Yeah. Fuck off. I'm done. I'm not doing it. I'm not dying in Queensland. It's not happening. Dutton's from fucking Queensland. <laughs> fucking hell. Okay. Do we want to take this on a, a slightly less racist note <laughs> against Queensland and have some fun? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why? Did it get Let, intense for a minute? <laughs> it got very intense there. <laughs> I have a little gift to keep us entertained over the next year. Yeah, I hope it's a hamster. I wish it was. Well, hey, Hold on. Before you... Here's the thing, though. Josh, you'll love Before it. Before I reveal. Before you take the cloth off, it is both a hamster and not a hamster in that box. God, it's not Schrodinger's hamster, mate. That's a hamster! (laughs) Get it! We have the Bums on the Bench top five topics box. Okay. We have 120 topics in there. With 13 centimetres of camping land parts involved too. (laughs) I know, right? There is around 120 topics in there. It turns out it's really hard to come up with generic top five topics. I got to about 40 and I fucking got lost. So we draw one out. And then we come up with our top five and laugh at how terrible we are. Top five holiday destinations. That's in there. Not, <laughs> not dying in Queensland. <laughs> There's some good ones. There's All a lot right. of sport ones. There's a lot of non-sport ones. And 
the winner is. For our first topic of the year, can I please get a drum roll? <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, yeah, very fleshy drum roll. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the worst part is our editor did that. <laughs> the man who has oh, the no. soundboard. No, I can't fix I'm it. Guys, yeah. guys, I'm not making this up. <laughs> What's the top five? <laughs> Queensland centres. <laughs> top five Queensland centres. Well, fuck me, gentlemen. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> so, top five Queensland centres. <laughs> centres, like, centres for people who played centre. Oh, oh, But we can take it as no. centres of Queensland. Yeah, this is it. We're top five centres in Queensland to visit, Jack. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, Steve Irwin Zoo. Is that fantastic? Is that five? <laughs> That's a, no, it's one of the five <laughs> fantastic. No, but you go five them. to one. Oh yeah. Um, okay, number number five. Like this. Look, this. <laughs> I used to actually think I maybe didn't have a thing. I know nothing about these fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> number um, five. Oh, okay. Uh. Queensland centres number five would be Steve Irwin. Traditionally, a second rower would play well in the centres, I would say. He's definitely up there on the list. Um, I got, as for, as for the football question, I'm not sure. Who else is up there? Peter Dutton, probably go right in the back line. He's from Queensland. Um, George Pell, even if he's not from Queensland, he certainly gives the vibes <laughs> of a necessary Queenslander. I, I quite think Presley probably was coach great. of the. Um, <laughs> I definitely put him with the under twelves. Um, <laughs> I would also say Rolf Harris is definitely a Queenslander, isn't he? We probably yeah, assistant coach of the under twelves. Um, hey, that's four. <laughs> Come on, who's your number one then? Uh, number one, number one Queenslander. Gobbo! Oh, no. Please don't be ridiculous. Um, I want to say the final evolution of Brett Finch. Definitely on the list of top five Queenslanders. I I think... (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. And Scott McLaughlin. (laughs) Fuck that, dude. There's my list. I'd like to say that you said we wanted to go for a lighter... And more happier <laughs> top. You picked the perfect one. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think we're done. So, what do you boys think? <laughs> what do you What do you reckon? <laughs> I, I think I need to burn this. <laughs> Can we pick another topic that's not Queensland related? See, yeah, I'll pick one. I'll okay, pick let one. Jack pick one. I'll pick one. Please. We have enough. Please. <laughs> oh, that was gold. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why did it have to be Queensland centres? It was really hard to come up with topics. Oh God, what's this one? Oh, this is actually we can do this. We will take it seriously. seriously. We can. It's the top five sporting teams that you support. Oh, perfect. So I like that one because we all have a list. I know. Who wants to start? I'll not t- you. I'll, no, I'll go seriously. No, not you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you anymore. Andy. Number five. Off. From the English Premier League. West Ham United. Up the hammers. The mighty bubbles. Up the bubbles. Joshua? Um, For me, it's going to have to be... I'm. Gonna, it's going to be a local team. Yeah? It's going to be Sydney FC. Nice. Good okay. team. Jacko, come on, who's your f- number five? Number five, we will take, look, based on a previous discussion, not that one and not that one either, based <laughs> on a previous discussion. No, it's not. A, funnily <laughs> enough, it's not. It's a, it's, a, it's a Stanley Cup team, which is my Colorado Avalanches. I'm a big fan of the Colorado Avalanches. You even have a jersey with your name I on do. it. I <laughs> do. It's a genuine answer. There you go. All right. Number four is a local team. It yep. is a pink team. Oh, I was going to say them later too. It is the Sydney Sixers, the mighty Sydney Sixers. Best BBL team in the world, regardless of the final. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for my number four team, it's going to be a bit out there, but it's a team I've always had a bit of a soft spot on. Yep. And you know where they come from? 
the Gold Coast. <laughs> Gold my Coast United. Number four <laughs> is the Titans. Valid. Valid. I do have a soft spot for the Titans. They're not on my list for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, Please, tell us why. Well, so, honestly, to be honest, it's the it's the colours. It's, it's the only reason why that's not true. Look, my number four team, I'm going to go local as well. They um, Look, they're pretty shit. I don't know if they've ever been good, but they're what we have here, which is the Illawarra Hawks that play in the National Basketball League. Nice. Go Hawkies. Go Hawkies. Well, I will also pick a Hawk team, but it's not a local team. It is from the, the mighty town of Seattle, and it's the Seattle Seahawks from the NFL. They are a fantastic team. And this- weird fact about their, the Seahawk they're named after. Oh, yeah? One of the only, I don't know, Hawks slash sea birds that aren't afraid of rainbows. Was a big fact about those Seahawks. Big fan of rainbows. Big fan of rainbows. Didn't know well, that. Speaking of rainbows, I guess my number three would be manly then. <laughs> <laughs> um, God damn. <laughs> is it my three now or my four? It's number four for me. No, we're up to three. We're up to three. We are. Whose turn, mine? If, sure. If, if ja- Josh no, is going to no, stick to the manly. Stick with my rainbows. Fair enough. Yeah, just manly was a good choice, man. They're progressive. <laughs> um, oh. Other sports teams that I enjoy. It's going to get difficult now. Nah, look, National Rugby League, one I probably watch the most, St. George, Illawarra Dragons. They're not your number one. They're not my number one, no. I don't blame you for not having them one. No, they're not my number one. Well, my number two comes from the great land of Chicago, and they suck. (laughs) They hurt me every day, but they are the Chicago Bulls. I love them and I hate them. My number two... Results from my love of this sport when I was growing up during teenage years. Yeah? Yeah, big fan of the Hockey Roos. Nice. Yeah. And you know the Jillaroos as well. Like, man, we fucking kill it in hockey and they don't get enough love. So shout out to them. Shout out to them. Jacko? My number two is only recently come up into stardom. Some would say they ride on the coattails of their more well-known counterparts. But... It's about time the boys got some recognition. I support the male Matildas. Socceroos. That's what I said. The male Matildas. It's time that they stepped out of the shadow and really, you know, maybe identified their team properly, really pushed forward in the next year. I think the male Matildas are on for a big year. You know, they just got knocked out of the AFC Asian Uh, Cup. Fucking sounds about right. (laughs) Good job, boys. Whatever you're fucking doing up there. I mean, the number one for me is no shock. It is the mighty Sydney Roosters, the greatest team on the planet. There's no, be- there's no better team in any sports code. Unlike Jack, I'm a tragic. I like to set myself up for punishment, pain, torture, and sadness. That's why I love dragons. Because nothing fair. disappoints me better <laughs> than like I disappoint women. <laughs> I, um, for my number one, I've decided to live inside the winner's circle. That's a change for you. It feels good. feels great. Colour seems good. Tastes good. I support possibly one of the most hated franchises in international sport. If it has wheels, wings, or a fucking engine, Uh. I am a Red Bull fan. I am talking Red Bull F1, Red Bull Ampol V8 Racing, Red Bull on a motor vehicle. I'm there. We're winning. We're cheating. I don't give a fuck. Listen Again, to the Dutch National Anthem. I can't wait to hear my theme song play 24 times a year. But that's all on the next show that we record. That's a nice symbol you have on your top left and top right. I didn't show. even realise I was wearing my Red Bull shirt when he said that too. Right, yeah. 100%. Like, Look, as much as I'm like a big Dragon supporter. Oh, God. oh for fuck's sake, Cameron Green. It's nice when it's not directed at you for once. I'm just going to throw it out there because I... I've said some things <laughs> that have had that directed at me. Andy, I like your magic box. You like my magic box? Josh? Yeah, I really like putting my hand into it. It's a good little idea for the year. Is, is it going to be fun? There's a lot of really fun ones in there. There's a lot of really boring ones in there. Turns out it's really hard to come up with topics. Yeah, I'm surprised you got as many as you did. That, it's, really it was a struggle. Yeah, no, it's really good. 
I'm it a was a fan. struggle. I honestly thought we were going to grow like podcast mushrooms for the year or something when it was like, oh, it's in a box. I genuinely thought I was like, he's bought us a fucking plant that we're going to have to do like updates. Oh, fuck on that. I don't have the energy for that. I barely have the energy for what we do do. Did you boys ever? Now, this might be a very left, left-wing university educated classic oh right me. because you're educated you're better than us did now. you all ever have a bonsai face no no mm. <laughs> i did <laughs> yeah 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 i literally how did it go for you not good his name was gertrude no sorry bertrude because it's a boy obviously B. how long did it survive not long it's a funny story I woke up from a fever dream at university and I scribbled down in my notebook by bonsai by Bertrude. So I combined them into the one thing and I bought a bonsai called Bertrude. <laughs> Fuck, man. Those things are difficult to look after. Anyway, I ended up giving it to some hippie chick. So I hope he's doing well. You know what? This show's brought to you by Bertrude. This one's brought to you by Bertrude. Oh, no. I forgot about those. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Every time Jack says something, it's just brought out into existence. I this is it's a weird thing that I have to say with people where it's like, hey, when I'm meeting someone new, I sit with them and I'm like, hey, weird things happen around me. You'll get used to it. It's just kind of thing. And I have I met with that. It's one of two opinions where it's like someone who's a little bit crazy is like, oh, cool, like a prophet dude, he can see the future. It's like no, just I meant weird shit will happen around me. And then you get the opposite reaction, which is this guy's clearly a megalomaniac who thinks the world revolves around him. Until things like this happen all the time. Gentlemen. Do you want to explain what happened? Yes. Andy, his partner, has just revealed their new couples project, which is two bonsai tree growers, which have now just appeared on the desk. So I was right. I mean, I'm not cultured. I don't know. Well, it's cute that you think you're involved in the maybe cultured part of the conversation, Andy. Shut up. You're not. Josh, you... <laughs> what? Is it- I'm cultured. I watch Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're going to end our show today, gentlemen. I think ended on a high note. Let's end it on a high note. Andy's intelligence levels. Oh, I was just going to see if we could bust out a G sharp, but I'll take that. Thank you very much for listening. Again... Massive shout out to our sponsor, Air. Air. Brought to you by Bonsai Filters, Bonsai Limited, and not the coal industry. Not the coal industry. They're probably not bringing you air. (laughs) (laughs) They're bringing you CO2. Um, Yep. (laughs) Scuba scuba tank filler uppers, big part of the air industry. Um, Let me just read who else is on this list. Planes. Planes. Trains. Trains. Trains don't need air. Planes need air. Birds Planes need air, though. Birds. Well, birds. I've been known to love air. Big fan of birds. Most, most oxygen-based life forms. Well, we have a lot of sponsors today. They, it's it's just what? the one sponsor, but they just cover They're so bought, many things. It's just involved, you know. We should um, really just press this button. Mitochondria. <laughs> I agree. Mitochondria. <laughs> um, Why? Okay. <laughs> the cat. <laughs>